0: The last time uh, we were in, well, the Foundation of Truth, the series, and the subtitle was Forgiveness, Part 1. Today we're going to do Forgiveness, Part 2. And uh, I'm just going to give, as I said, a brief recap of last week. And this series, the main focus of this series is concerning the social unrest because of racism and how we in Christ must live. Yes, I'm still continuing Talking about these, about these things. Because I believe we're in a time and season where it's very important that the church understands its role. And we who are in Christ understand our role and how we ought to live. This is I think this is a warning that we, that we have, that we're getting uh, in, in the spiritual realm and also what's manifesting in the natural. A warning on how we need to shift this country and the world, how it needs to shift but especially in the church, the body of Christ, how we ought to live. So I defined the word bias last week. And bias was defined as prejudice in favor of or against one thing, a person or group compared with another, usually in a way considered to be unfair. So we were in Acts chapter 10 last week, and I spoke about Peter's bias and prejudice. He did not know it and was taught an important lesson about himself and about the character and purpose of God. I also spoke about Peter's supernatural connection to the Gentile called Cornelius. And that supernatural connection was God-directed. Cornelius had a vision of an angel who came to him and gave him instructions about how to find Peter. Because Peter was supposed to preach the good news of Christ, the salvation message. You know, Cornelius worshipped God, he loved God, but he didn't know about Christ. So that's why he got the vision from the angel. And the angel instructed him to send people to find Peter and told him exactly where Peter was located. Now, when Peter was praying the next day, Peter also had a vision. He did not understand what the vision meant. But while he was pondering what the vision meant, The men who Cornelius sent to find him were at the gate inquiring about Peter if he lived there. So the Lord had to prepare Peter beforehand for his interaction with the Gentile Cornelius. Instructing Peter as to what he had to do. Hence the vision and the encounter that would change Peter's heart and mind. What God sanctified... We have no right to call it unclean or say anything different. This is what the vision was about, but Peter was going to get an understanding of what that meant. He at that time did not understand the vision. But what was important about Peter's reaction? He didn't understand what the vision meant, but the Spirit told him, Don't question, just go with those men. And Peter obeyed the Spirit. That was very important. Sometimes we may not understand things, things make no sense. But if we are directed to do certain things and we know it's by God, the important thing is to obey God. And that's what Peter did. So when Peter met Cornelius, he was honest about his bias. But he acknowledged that he was wrong in what his beliefs were at the time. So God had to show him how to view others who were non-Jewish. God was showing something different. Why? Because there was a new covenant enact, enacted through the death of Christ. So, Peter was not aware of his bias due to his religious beliefs. So, I'm not going to go into the details, but I talked about it in the last message. But he did not understand the mind and plan of God, especially the significance of Christ's death. Death, Even though Peter walked with Christ It's not only until after Christ resurrected, subsequently as time progressed, by the Spirit he started to understand the significance of Christ's death and resurrection. And Jesus told him that. He said, you would understand after. After the Spirit comes, then you would understand all the things that I said and I did. You would understand and the Spirit would bring it to your remembrance. All the things I have spoken to you. All the things I have taught you. So this was one of those instances where Peter was starting to get the understanding uh, after, the, after Christ res, um, resurrected and went to the Father. So God had to prepare Peter by a vision and direct him by the Spirit. The important thing is that Peter did not allow his bias to detract from his purpose. He obeyed God. And at the time he didn't know he was biased, prejudiced, until the Lord showed him. He was steeped in tradition. As many people nowadays are steeped in in their tradition and their religion. And what was good about Peter, even though he was convinced that his views about non-Jews were correct, when he was confronted with the truth, he changed. And he acknowledged his error and he changed. And that's the important thing. When you're confronted with the word of God, it's important that you have the courage to change the way you think and the way you act. Because, you know, we have a, a feeling sometimes that like we know everything and, you know, nothing, everything we know is right. But that's not necessarily the case. When you're faced with the truth, and the Holy Spirit will always give you a confirmation or a conviction of what is true, what's important is that we have the courage now to acknowledge it and change. All right? So, Peter understood in the eyes of God and in Christ, he and Cornelius the Gentile were one. That was unheard of in those days. The Jews always thought themselves to be superior to everyone else, to every other nation. But what Peter learned in that encounter by the Spirit with Cornelius is that he and Cornelius were now one. (laughs) I mean, that's awesome. So God showed no partiality. He accepts anyone. And there are conditions to that, but uh, I talk more about that in the previous message. And I posed a question last week. I said, when, are we, when we are confronted with racial, cultural, political biases, for example, what do we do? Are we going to let our biases derail God's purpose for us in Christ? Who are we to call what God sanctified unclean or not fit? Who are we to say that one race is superior than the other? Who are we to say that we are better than X, Y, or Z? That's not God's thinking. So who are we to go against what God, what God says? What right do we have to go against what God says and think that we are superior in thinking and intellect than, than the Creator Himself? So we need to check our attitude and check our heart. Why are we allowing our biases to separate us from our brothers and sisters in Christ? We should never allow anything to separate of cause division in the body of Christ. And I said also, if we allow our biases and prejudices to cause separation and division in our hearts, minds, and cause separation physically from each other because of our prejudices and our biases, we need to repent and ask the Lord for forgiveness. If we have knowingly hurt anyone, we need to reconcile with that person, if they are willing to reconcile. If we have ostracized other brethren because they have a different political stand. We must repent and reconcile. We must have the courage to change when confronted with the truth. And that is not easy. But you have to have the courage to change. Do things God's way. Because in the long run it will benefit you. But when you want to be stubborn and hard headed. You are going to run into problems. And you know, I have the the message I am going to talk about today. We'll give you an example of what's that like. But how God can just step in and change your whole attitude. If you're willing to be changed. All right. So we are living in a racially and politically charged environment. And this is the time to admit our faults. Seek forgiveness and repent. That's why I talk about forgiveness. And when I spoke about forgiveness last week. It's about we who find ourselves in error. as, As Peter did. Acknowledge it, repent, and ask for forgiveness. Okay, and I said one of the foundational truths was in First John one nine, and the Word of God says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what. That's a truth. That's a foundational truth. Acknowledge your sin, confess it, and God is faithful to forgive us of our sins. And cleanseth of all unrighteousness. That is the faithfulness of God. So we have to have the courage. Right? To acknowledge when we are wrong. And ask for forgiveness. Alright. So that's a brief recap. Today I'm going to go into the book of Acts chapter 9. So you can turn to Acts chapter 9. And we're going to start at verse 1. And then you'll follow along as I read. So I'm going to, of course, I'm going to read. There's going to be a little bit of reading. But for you to understand where I'm going with forgiveness this week, we need to have the right context, right? As from you all who have been um, with this ministry and have been with me for a while, you know that I don't like to take one or two scriptures and just run with that. I like to have context so that we have a clear understanding of what is happening and then take that and apply it to our lives. All right, so Acts chapter 9 verse 1. And I will start reading. Now this is about the apostle Paul. Well, before he became the apostle, he was Saul, Saul of Saul of Tarsus. And verse chapter 9 verse 1 reads like this. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that, he, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now let's go to verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus called Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go to this street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to, you, to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to, to bind all who call on your name. Verse 15 But the Lord said to him, Go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may be receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's as much as I'm going to read. Now, in these verses, there's a lot of different lessons that can be learned from this, but I want to focus on Saul and I want to focus on Ananias. Okay, and this title of this subseries is called Forgiveness. All right, so let's. Go back and let me just give you a little my, you know, my thoughts on, on these scriptures here and hopefully you will, you will understand what I'm, I'm trying to teach today or share with you today. So Saul was a fanatical Jew who persecuted the Christians. He hated them And this was to him a different doctrine. Of course, this is not what was being preached by the disciples and with Christ was a totally different doctrine. It wasn't Judaism. This was something totally different. And Saul, of course, a fanatical Jew, is thinking he's doing God's work. He's a religious zealot thinking he's doing God's work. And when it says here in verse 1 that Saul's still breathing threats and murder, I mean, Saul was... Very angry with this new doctrine. He was angry with the Christians because they were to to him they were they were committing blasphemy. And he I mean he was so fanatical, he went to the high priest to ask permission to go to to get letters of permission, giving him the authority to go to Damascus. And it talked about here if he found any who were of the way. What way is that? Any who were Christians, whether men or women, didn't matter. He had the authority to arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. Now, to tell you how fanatical this man was, Jerusalem to Damascus was a long way. It was like over 200 and something miles. Think about this. You are so fanatical. You are willing to, to go 200 miles to catch Christians... And bring them back to Jerusalem. I mean, who in their right mind is going to want to take their time to do that? But that's tell you how fanatical uh, uh, Paul was, well, Paul Saul at the time. So I'm trying to show you that how I mean the lengths this man was willing to go through to arrest Christians, persecuting them because of because of their faith in Jesus Christ. But what was amazing about this, as he came near to Damascus. So he's, he's uh, 200 plus miles. He's, he's getting near to Damascus now. Jesus stepped in. He almost reached his destination and had, an, and had an encounter with Christ, which changed his life. So it said here, verse 3, suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. For the impact of that light to shine ar- around him and blind him. I mean, this had to be some kind of, this is no ordinary light. I mean, it was just blinding light. This light was so bright that it was overpowering him and the people who were traveling with him. This was an impactful thing. Put yourself in the position that you're going about your way and this suddenly the heavens open and this light is shining on you. And suddenly he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So Saul immediately knew that Jesus was the one he said he was. Because he said here, he said, Lord, who are you? And he said, the the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So he understood right away when 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 the voice said, I am Jesus. So he did not question anymore. He said, well, are you sure? No, he knew. He knew it was Jesus. And he referred, and his, and his subsequent statement after that, when it says he was trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He did not question if it was Jesus. He didn't question. He knew because there was a spirit-to-spirit interaction, and that he knew it was Jesus. Because when, G- the, when the voice said this, I am Jesus who you persecute, Paul, Saul said right after that, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? He did not question it. He knew it was Jesus. He knew it. So this is what happens. And this happens to, to many of us. I mean, something like, I didn't have this, um, such a major encounter, but I had an encounter. And I knew it was the Lord. I knew it. So the Lord intervened. And Saul acknowledged. And the Lord intervened in our lives too. The Lord had to do it this way. He had to have such a dramatic impact on on Saul because Saul reminded me of the of a, of a pit bull. He's a person so fanatical. They get a hold of something, they it, it won't they won't let go. It has to take something so impactful to change them and to, to to distract them from their goal. Because Paul was like that. He was fanatical. He was. I mean, he had his mind set to do something. It would have to take like. Basically, we say an act of God to get him to change his mind. And that's what Jesus Jesus understood what it would take to get Saul's attention. You know, and it shows that the Lord knows how to get Saul's attention, and he knows to get how to get our attention. I mean, he got my attention. And I you know that came in a dream, but he got my attention, and, and I was never the same after that. Understand that Saul now had a supernatural experience, and a voice speaking to him, and telling him what he has to do. He said, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So Saul obeyed. So we're going to pick it up in uh, verse 10 now. So Saul is in Damascus, and the Lord now is talking to Ananias now about what Ananias needs to do. So the Lord told Saul where to go, and now he's at Ananias now. Ananias. Receive a vision, and the Lord speaking to him. And the Lord said, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and ask the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. He's praying, and he's expecting you. All right? And in the vision, the Lord is telling Ananias exactly what Saul is seeing. So, so the Lord is prepared, prepared Saul for Ananias, and he's preparing Ananias to go meet Saul. But here Ananias is comment. He said, wait a minute, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who come in your name. This man is a terrorist. This man hates Christians. He has the authority to lock us up. And you sending me to go to meet this guy? But look at the Lord's response. Which was no response. What did the Lord say in verse 15? He said, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Wait a minute. This man who is persecuting Christians, locking them up, causing them to get beaten and tortured. And here where the Lord says, go, he's a chosen vessel of mine. To bear my name before the Gentiles. Oh my God. Well, well there's a big switch there. But then what did the Ananias do? Ananias obeyed God. And again, this is what's critical. As with Peter before, they don't understand, don't make sense, but they obeyed God. And the same thing with Ananias. He had his reservations. He knew Paul was a terror, but he obeyed God. But look at the, look at the Lord's uh, response here. Even though Ananias expressed his concerns about Saul and the type of man Saul was, the Lord totally ignored what he had to say. It's not that the Lord didn't care. It didn't matter from this point going forward. And that is something that we we have to take from this. It did not matter. Why didn't it matter? Because the Lord always focused on purpose. And not the past. Saul was not the same Saul anymore. What he was then is no longer. He's changed from that experience he's had on the road. He's a changed man. He's not the same Saul. So the Lord always focus on where we are and where we are going, never on our past. And it's in spite of Ananias' concerns or even fears. He obeyed God and he ignored his feelings. And that's not easy. You know we read this story. But if you put yourself in Ananias' shoes. You would have reservations. But it takes courage to act and do what God asks you to do. Because you don't know the outcome. But you see Ananias understood. The Lord already told him what he has to do. And told him that that Saul is expecting him. But look at this. What I really want to focus on here and what what this has to do with forgiveness. If you look at verse 17, it said here, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laid his hands on him. Remember, Paul knew, Saul knew ahead of time that Ananias is going to come and put his hands on him. That he might receive his sight. So he's expecting Ananias. And he knows what Ananias is going to do. So Ananias now enters the room. And now he's doing exactly what the Lord told him to do. So watch this. Ananias laying his hands on him said. Brother Saul. The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came. Has sent me. That you may receive your sight. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. What changed? What changed? I mean there is a drastic change that took place here. Ananias walks in. And the first thing he said. Brother Saul. Saul who was once the enemy. Is now his brother. Ananias saw Saul the same way the Lord saw him. He had to forgive Saul. Because the Lord already forgave Saul for his Misdeeds. He already forgave Saul for all the things that he had done. Because Saul's heart changed. In that supernatural encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, Saul was not the same person who left Jerusalem. He was a different man. His his heart changed. His mind changed. In an instant, in that interaction with, with Jesus on the road to Damascus, his heart changed and his mind changed. He was not the same man. So Ananias could not look at Saul the same way and the way he commented when the Lord told him to go to Saul. He couldn't see him in the same light. He had to see Saul in the same light that the Lord saw him. The Lord had forgiven Saul for his misdeeds. Guess what? Ananias had to do the same thing. There is no way he could enter that room, lay his hands on Saul, Pray that he receive his sight and his spirit and have resentment in his heart against Saul. He couldn't do it. He had to forgive Saul. He had to forgive him because the Lord already forgave him. So Ananias had to forgive him. It wasn't easy for Ananias. Saul really did some terrible things. Ananias had to forgive him and leave Saul's past behind. The Lord never brought up Saul's past. When Ananias commented about what Saul did. The Lord said, now go. He's a chosen vessel of mine. So, it may not be easy for some to do what Ananias did. But we must do it. We have to forgive and not bring up people's past. Yes, even the racist, the political bigot, fill in the blanks. If they repent and they turn to Christ. That person is no longer an enemy of God, and therefore not our enemy. That person is no longer our enemy, and we are not to hold their past against them. You hear what Ananias said? Brother Saul. He went from an enemy to being a brother. Just like that. Because of a supernatural encounter. In that instant, Paul was reconciled to God through Christ. He and Saul are now not only brothers, they are one in Christ. I mean, that's awesome. It's only by the grace of God and the finished work of Christ that this can happen to a racist, to whomever, as I said, the change has to take place from the inside out. Racism in the world will have to be legislated. There have to be laws put in place. But for true change to take place, it has to happen in people's hearts. That's, that's where the real change is going to take place. Because when things are legislated, people will only do what they have to do so they will not get in trouble with the law. But in their hearts, that, they're, they're racist, they're still racist. In Christ, that change takes place from the inside out. But if you're truly walking with Christ, if you truly love God, and you're holding on to racist attitudes. Repent. But in the case like this. What I'm, this story that I'm talking about here. We know people who have been openly racist. Openly biased. Bigoted. But we know they turn to Christ. We can't. We have to receive them. We have to receive them. We cannot hold their past against them. I know this is not easy. But this is what we are required to do. This is the love of God. This is the grace of God. This is the mercy of God. This is the compassion of God. And what did the person do to earn this reconciliation? Nothing. All they did was believe. As we all believe, we are reconciled to God through Christ. So Saul's encounter with Christ reconciled him to God. And with the other disciples. With Ananias and Peter. And and Peter and all the others. He was reconciled to them. As they were also reconciled to God through Christ. They are all now one in Christ. And they call each other brother. So the one who used to be your enemy. Turn to God. Through Christ. Repent of their sins. Is now your brother. And you have no right to hold their past against them. As no one else has Any right to hold your past or our past against us. Because we have all been washed in the blood of Christ. And our past is no longer an issue with God. Why should it be an issue with anyone else? If Christ has forgiven me of my sins. No one should hold my sin against me. And I also have to forgive others of their past. Of their sins. And move forward in Christ. Be recognizing that if I... Hold their past against them. I am causing division in the body. And the Lord will hold me accountable for that. If the Lord has forgiven someone. I have no right to hold their past against them. Last week I talked about things we need to repent for. And this week I am talking about things. That we need to forgive others for. And not hold their sins against them. So that we can be one. So that racism and these things will not be an issue. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who are walking around with their guns, racist, and saying things and doing things. A lot of them are going to get changed. They're going to see the light. They're going to have an encounter. And then what do you do when the one who used to be your enemy is now your brother? We have to make our minds up to walk in the love of God and have compassion and show mercy. This will not be easy for some, but if you have, you feel struggling with it, and you're afraid to do it and don't want to do it—not necessarily afraid. Being afraid is not bad; it's not a problem, because you could be afraid and still take steps of faith. But if you're 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 bitter and don't want to do it, that's a rebellious spirit. That's a whole different that's a whole different game. So you, if you're rebelling and don't want to forgive because of. Of racism or political stand. You better check your heart. You are holding things against your brother. You need to release that. And be reconciled to your brother. This will take courage. This will take a change of heart. A change of mind. But if you love God as much as you know that he loves you. And you want to please him. You will take the steps of faith. And do what you need to do. To be reconciled with your brother. And not cause division. Because of race or political biases political stand. But I'm telling you right now. The environment we are living in. Right now in this country. Is politically charged and racially charged. As never before. As I think I've seen. In my lifetime. So we have to even be more diligent. To guard our hearts. And not allow these things. To cause separation in the body. And cause our hearts to become polluted. Finally. Another foundational truth. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 14. The Bible says, the word of God says, For if you forgive men their trespasses or sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's why it's important that we forgive. That's why it's important that we do not hold people's past against them. That's why it's important that we release any animosity against people. That's why we forgive. Why? So that our sins will not be held against us. And I don't know about you, but I, want, I don't want the Lord to hold anything against me. I want him to forgive me. And for him to, to, to release me of my sin, I have to be willing to forgive others of their sin. So, as I said, it is critical for us to forgive others and be reconciled. This is how the body of Christ is going to be one. We have to be willing to forgive, to experience and show the love of God. So remember, as I said just that, if we don't forgive others, God will not forgive others. All right, so I'm going to stop there. And I, I think I've given you enough to reflect on. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Because the Lord will bless. You know, many people want the blessing of God. I want God to bless me, I want God to do this, I want God to do that. But the question is, do you have the courage to do what he's, what he's demanding of you? Do you have the courage to forgive? Do you have the courage to repent? Do you have the courage to seek reconciliation? These are the things he's, he's challenging us to do. He's challenging me to do daily to repent of my sins and to forgive others. Yes, I get mad. I get upset, but then I have to check myself and seek forgiveness. The Lord wants us to be at peace. We are required to live in peace. And you can't be at peace if you're holding anger and resentment. So I'm going to stop there. And I hope you receive something in Jesus' name.